across Australia. You are with Grandstand. This is The Dribble on ABC Grandstand Digital. I think these people are getting their money's worth tonight. All your NBL, WNBL and basketball news from around the world. He puts it in off the glass and he loves it. Takes on Davos and lays it home for two. Way on, yet three. Out fast, out to Lynch. Three points. That was an NBA three-pointer. And then some. Grandstand basketball. Warren with a fadeaway. Three. Grandstand. And the crowd stands. And this is the best performance for the whole year. This is The Dribble. The Dribble. On Grandstand Digital. Hello and welcome to The Dribble. Matt Lynch with you for Grandstand. to talk basketball for another week. The grand final of the WNBL is upon us. With Bendigo to host Townsville. We'll chat to Sarah Blitzavs from The Spirit and Rachel McCulley from The Fire to preview the game on Sunday. And we've got a special feature interview on Wollongong's Rodney Clark, as told by Justin Hunstow from ABC News. We'll bring you that shortly. Last weekend in the WNBL, Townsville advanced to their second consecutive grand final, defeating Dandenong in a thriller. The Rangers had their chances but couldn't get over the line. Here are the closing stages of the match with ABC TV's Pete Mercado. Novacell creeps into the Dangerous front court. McCulley makes two of two. Oh, hey! Hail Mary! No good! What a win for this Townsville fireside! They've done it two years in a row! What a performance! They've stood up under immense pressure and they're into the grand final. Townsville 74, Dandenong 71. Captain of the Fire, Rachel McCauley can join us. You probably moved on pretty quickly, but what an enthralling finish last weekend. Uh, so many swings in momentum, and you are able to hold your nerve when it mattered the most. Yeah, well, obviously, um, we threw everything at them, and they did the same back to us. So it was um, it was a pretty tight game the whole way through, and um, keeping momentum swings and stuff like that. So, um, yeah, to come out on top at the end was obviously obviously the way we wanted things, and it was, um, yeah, pretty exciting at the same time to make it into another grand final. Well, what's been the key, do you think, in your opinion, to hitting your peak at the right time of the season? You mentioned the media and the hype leading around Townsville at the moment, but it didn't start that way at the beginning of the season. No, we lost um, we lost a fair few games by um, by less than less than ten points early, and that we knew that was probably going to come back to to bite us in the bum later in the season. But um, Chris has done a fantastic job with the girls and getting everyone um, playing really good basketball at the right end of the season, as you said. And um, it, it, the the losses early did obviously hurt us. We could have actually finished second with with the chance to have a second chance and and to even host the grand final, but. Um, we've we've done it the hard way and um, we've, we're, we're there, so um, that's all that matters at the end of the day. The announcement that Susie Bakovic has become the first player to win three consecutive MP, MVP awards, winning by seven votes from Dandenong's Jenna Hay, while team honours is very much the focus for this week, it's an incredible reflection of her consistency and also her longevity, given she's now 33 years of age. Yeah, she's been a, a breath of fresh air up here in Townsville and Obviously, her, her resume speaks for itself. She's um, she's played everywhere. She's she's done pretty much everything in the game, and um, for her to come up here and, and have the season that she's had is, is really uh, has been an absolute um, an absolute fantastic achievement to to get that individual accolade. But I know that I know Susie, and I know that she's definitely chasing that that championship because um, she hasn't. I think she said she hasn't won one since back in Sydney uh, in the WNBL anyway since 2001. So. Um, I know that she she would desperately love to win that, and um, I've I've never ever been able to to win one myself. So I know I I want to make sure that on Sunday we we are we're, we're holding that that trophy in the air. Do you feel like you're better placed than 12 months ago when you took on Bendigo on their home court? 
Um, I think so. Um, we, we learned a heap from that, and there's a lot of the girls that, that were in that team last year that lost. Um, I think we've got a fair bit of experience from just the whole occasion and the atmosphere and stuff like that. I think we're a little bit overwhelmed with everything that went on um, throughout the week leading up, especially, obviously, in Townsville, but also down in Bendigo. Um, so I think we have a, a little bit more confidence going in this year, and obviously Bendigo are the number one team for a reason. They've only lost two games all year, but uh, we, we, we know that we're at, we, we can beat them down there on the home court, and we've done it throughout the season, so there is that confidence as well, but... It's going to be which team comes to play on the day and we've got to make sure that we do everything in our power to, to make sure that, that we're ready to go when that when the ball gets thrown up. Rachel McCulley from the Townsville Fire is our guest on Grandstand. And from a personal perspective, you almost retired at the end of last season. And here you are, another chance in a grand final in your 300th game on the weekend as well. Uh, all rolled into one. Yeah, it's a, it's a pretty special occasion. And I don't think the actual um, the 300 games will sink in until maybe after a week after or whatever. But... Um, I just want to make sure that I, that I do my part with, in the team and um, that, that's to lead them and, and make make the best um, decisions on uh, as the game comes. But um, obviously it's a, it's a pretty unique situation to be in, to be playing a 300th in a grand final, and um, it's pretty exciting as well. So uh, if you had asked me 50, 100, 150 games ago if I would make it this far, I definitely would have said no. So, um, yeah, obviously it would be fantastic to to go out like on a in a fairy tale finish but we've got to make sure that, that we come to play on Sunday and it's going to be very tough and I know that, that Bendigo want to go back to back as well so um, they've got a fantastic team and they're definitely not going to make it easy for us we've got to go make sure that we make the most of our opportunities well two regional cities in the grand final we saw last year how big it was for Bendigo um, how big would it be for Townsville to create history and to bring back that WNBL title oh, it'd be absolutely fantastic um no sporting code has won a national title, the Cowboys or, or the Crocs up in Townsville. So um, it would be an absolutely fantastic experience, not just for the team and the club, but also for, for all of North Queensland and, and Townsville especially. So, um, yeah, we're trying to write history, but, um, yeah, I know that uh, Bendigo is not going to make it easy for us. And, um, yeah, like I said, the, there's talk of Christy retiring as well at the end of the year, and I'm sure she wants to go out on, on a win too, and her teammates want to do that for us. So... It's going to be tough either way. What about the Bendigo side of the equation? Well, Sarah Blitzards from the Bendigo Spirit can join us on Grandstand ahead of their WNBL Grand Final. Uh, Sarah, thanks as always for your time. You've had the week to recover and prepare after the win over Dandenong. Uh, how have you spent the week? Um, I don't think it's more. I don't think it's much of a recovery week. Uh, we've been training hard and. Um, you know, shooting a lot um, and preparing ourselves for Townsville, which is quite an exciting game coming up. And, um, yeah, we've just been doing the little things and seeing how we go. You had a game on the weekend. Is that important just to keep the momentum going, given you probably would have watched with interest Townsville's game on Sunday? Yeah, I did. I actually went to the game too, and um, that was a really exciting game to watch. I think I was getting into it and, you know, clapping for some of the teams, and then I got, <laughs> yeah, I got a bit worried because my coaches were just, you know, a couple of rows down, so I was like, oh, I hope they don't see me, you know, clapping for teams. <laughs> but, um, it was good to watch it and, you know, kind of get the feel because both teams were going quite hard at each other, and, you know, it shows what you're going to be um, coming into on Sunday, so... Yeah, it was um, it was good to watch. What was your gut saying as you watched the end, given that Dandenong had their chances, but Townsville were able to prevail? Yeah, uh, I, don't, I don't know. I didn't really know who I wanted to win. People kept asking me that too. And, you know, I could say Townsville, but they've beaten us twice. I could say Dandenong, but, you know, every time we play them, it's something new and they're a very hard team to beat. And 
so you know you have to play and you have to beat the best, don't you? But um, look, I got, I did, I got um, this whole week. I've been nervous and I've been excited, so I'm actually really confused as to <laughs> as to what I'm feeling right now. It's because it's my first grand final at you know in Australia's professional league, so it's pretty exciting. Yet it's pretty nerve wracking. So who has given you some quiet advice throughout the week? Um, you mentioned for the majority of the team they've been through this 12 months ago, but you've been at the AIS and Dandenong, and now you get your chance at playing in the the ultimate game. Yeah, exactly. And I think, you know, I've had a lot of um, past coaches who have sent me through text messages and, and past trainers. And, you know, my dad likes to throw in a lecture via text message every now and then. So, you know, I might wake up in the morning with paragraphs to read, but it's all good. And, you know, I'm taking it all in and it's pretty exciting. Of course, your parents did play basketball for Australia, so they can give you good advice. Yeah, that's exactly right. Look, I, sometimes I choose not to listen to them, but I think I have to because they know what they're talking about, don't they? <laughs> <laughs> you mentioned your mum and dad. I assume they'll be in the crowd on Sunday. But what about your brothers as well? Um, Chris hasn't missed too many games, and uh, rumour has it that Mark, your brother, who plays for Geelong in the AFL, has also been seen spotting a, uh, a Bendigo singlet at various yeah. times as well. Yes, yes, they're all going to be there. Um, so I actually had to order in 11 tickets. So my brothers are bringing some of their friends. Yeah, so pretty exciting to know that I've got a mini support base behind me as well. And um, Kylie Harrow, our team manager, has made us a lot of shirts over this whole season. So I'm taking them all home with me. I'm going to allocate a top to each person. <laughs> making, you know, who's going to get to wear my jersey and all that stuff. But, um, you know, they, Chris, he loves it. He comes to most of my games. And Mark tries to come as two as many as he can as well. But, you know, he's got a lot of commitments over in Geelong as well. But um, when they do come, they get into it. And, you know, it's always good knowing that your family's there and they're rooting for you. And, yeah, it's, it's make, like it makes me happy to know that they're there too. Outstanding. And, and injuries on the eve of the final series is never great. But uh, with Elise Penaluna going down, it's given you the opportunity to play all five positions at various times. <laughs> I imagine that's something you didn't expect when you signed on at the start of the season to find yourself playing at centre. Yes. Well, look, like I've said before, I go to gym and I work out. So I've definitely got the muscles to be able to <laughs> handle those centres. No. <laughs> um, yeah, it was a bit of a shock when Elise um, went down and did her knee. You could just... You could see in her face that it wasn't good, and I think that just oh, that just made me feel really weird. I don't know, it was such a weird feeling. Um, but I think when she went down, we've all stepped up, and you know, as cliche as it sounds, we're all doing this for each other. And um, yeah, and I guess me playing all five positions is is challenging, but I try to make the best of it. And you know, I guess if you want to play internationally, you're going to have to play most positions or at least you know experiment with most of them so it's been a good opportunity to try and show my talents and try and learn from others too what's the key to stopping townsville and their momentum given that susie bakovich was again named mvp during the week and uh, they've shown that they've got multiple scorers across the court who can uh, who can play their role as well yeah, that's exactly right. And, you know, they're a great scoring team and they're a teamy team. So they're very difficult to play against. And, yes, we're focused on Susie, but you also got to worry about everyone else because a lot of their players, especially their starting five, are all scorers and they all like to attack. So just as long as if we, you know, stick together and play our defense that have, you know, won us most of our games and, you know, we're really focusing on ourselves this week too because we've got little things to clean up and work on and, 
you know, if we can just bring that all together, then hopefully it'll be a positive outcome. But, you know, you've you got to just expect that they're going to be coming out firing and they're going to be challenging for us. Full coverage of the WNBL Grand Final between Bendigo and Townsville on ABC TV on Sunday. Pete Mercado, Steph Brantz, Rachel Spawn, Laurie Chiswick and Narelle Fletcher, all the familiar names from the season's coverage. Check your local guides from Times in your capital city. Coming up next on The Dribble, we'll chat NBL. Grandstand NRL replays. NRL replay. Sound gets a long pass and the footy or just want to relive your side's great win from the last round tune your digital radio to abc grandstand get replays of the footy on weekdays he chips the ball over the top and oh! takes it by and you can also listen live online at abc.net.au slash grandstand replays of nro grandstand digital Welcome back to The Dribble, Matt Clinch with you for Grandstand. Don't forget you can follow us on Twitter at ABC Grandstand and at Matt underscore Clinch. A special feature next week, we'll chat to San Antonio Spurs and Boomer, Paddy Mills. In the NBL round 20 last weekend, New Zealand defeated Townsville 102-99. to Top man McCrombie top scoring with 29 points. Wollongong got over the line against Adelaide by 2 points, 91-89. to Reese Martin with 32 points. The Crocs got an upset win over Melbourne, 109-106. to Chris Goulding with 32 points for the losers. Cairns defeated New Zealand on Saturday night, 92-87. to Jamil Wilson with 32 points. The Perth Wildcats got over Sydney, 85-81. to Sam Young top scoring for the Kings, but it wasn't enough with 26 points. Damian Martin from the Wildcats spoke to Matt McQuaid and said they still have a couple of areas to address, but Perth were pretty happy to get the win. It's the exact same what happened last week against Melbourne. We gave up, you know, 13 last week and then 30 against Melbourne in the second quarter. And on the flip side tonight, we do the same, 15 in the first quarter, 32 in the second. So, you know, when we don't play defence, anyone can, can um, run with us or be better than us like Sydney showed. But uh, when we lift it up at defence, you know, we've got Ennis on one wing running, Bill on the other, and that's when we're at our best. And talking about James Ennis, he certainly put on a show tonight. It's... It's going to be a shame to see him go because you know, there were times where he was absolutely breathtaking. Yeah, you're up two points and he gets a fast break and he goes for a 360. <laughs> you know you're a confident player when you do that. So, no, he's a special talent and we're privileged to have him for this season. And who knows down the track, but I think he will be in the NBA. But what's going to be the key the rest of the way for, for you guys? You're 19-6 and six now. You probably need one more win to secure the minor premiership. But going into, going into the playoffs, and, and obviously you're guaranteed at least a playoff spot, we know that. But what's going to be the key the rest of the way for the Wildcats? Just consistency, especially at the defensive end. When we buy in and, and get down, play with a wingspan, slide our feet, don't foul, we're a lot better team. And so, you know, the, the roller coaster that we've had this year with trying to put four quarters together, it's just a matter of consistent basketball if you're going to win playoff games. So the latter, Perth 19-6 and six on top, four games clear of Adelaide, 15-9, and nine, then two games gap to Melbourne 12-12 12 and, 12 and Sydney 11-12. and 12. Then outside the top four, Wollongong 11 and 13, Cairns and New Zealand 10 and 15, and Townsville on the bottom 9 and 15. Round 21 of the National Basketball League. Tonight it's New Zealand and Melbourne, while Perth hosts Townsville. On Saturday night it's Wollongong and Cairns, and Adelaide hosts Townsville. Full coverage of the 36ers taking on the Crocs on ABC Local Radio in Adelaide from 7.30pm and also online. And then on Sunday, Melbourne take on Sydney. You would have seen Wollongong's Rodney Clark at the top of the score sheet for the Hawks, but what about how he ended up here in Australia? Justin Hunstow from ABC News put together this special story. My name's Rodney Scott Clark. Uh, I'm originally from Oklahoma, I'm from the United States, and... Um, my parents actually live in Arkansas right now, but 
I've lived in Oklahoma almost my whole life, so I'm from the Sooner State in the United States. When you came to Australia, you were coming off celebrity status, I could say, in, in Oklahoma. What was it like going from that sort of environment to Wollongong, where we are now? Yeah, I went from, um, went from Oklahoma to Arkansas and, you know, played at the University of Arkansas, then went from Arkansas to Butler. And, um, you know, I had a lot, of, a lot of attention drawn, you know, through high school especially. And, um, you know, that carried over into college. And it was, a, you know, it got me really well prepared for, you know, the professional game and playing at the highest level in college, Division One. It, um, it was really good. It was a blessing for me to be able to experience that and just kind of taking what I've learned from that into the professional realm. What about coming to Australia where nobody recognizes you at all? I actually kind of like that. Um, you know, when we were, when I was back home, I couldn't really go anywhere without getting noticed. I mean, it was out to eat, someone would notice me, and, you know, it even got to the point to where, you know, my friends that weren't basketball players, people even knew who they were too because they were, we were always in a group together. So it was, it's actually nice to be able just to walk around and no one know who you are. And you just, I'm, you know, I'm a humble person anyways. I don't, I don't really like to stick out. I'd rather be secluded anyways. Tell us about where the uh, the love for basketball started for you. It started when I was little. Um, I basically didn't have a I mean I didn't have the opportunity to like it or, or not. My dad was pretty much going to make me love it regardless. So it started when I was a little kid. I can remember when I was two years old. I was on a little Tykes basketball goal, and he had me shooting on that in the house, and you know basically led on from there. I went into I was probably nine or ten, eleven years old, and that's really when my dad would really drill me and get me in the gym and. I'd work out every day, and sometimes I'd go home crying to my mom and uh, be complaining about my dad. But you know, now I just thank him for that because he's he's the one who helped me really develop my work ethic. What was it about basketball that that made you love it? Like having to go through the grueling training regime. When did it start to click that that this was a sport that you really loved? I think it was in high going into high school. Um, you know, I was I was fortunate enough and blessed enough to play at a really high level when I was in the seventh or eighth grade, right around 13 or 14 years old, and um, played for one of the best teams in the country. That led into high school, and then I think in high school I just realized, you know, basketball was my calling. You know, I believe I was put on this earth to play basketball, and, you know, you know, it's for God's glory. I mean, it's not for me. It's not, I'm not playing for any, you know, self-fame or any awards. It's just for the love of the game and just to try to reach people and uh, be a positive role model. That religious side is something that comes through, obviously, pretty pretty clear in you. And, and Oklahoma is a very kind of uh, religious area. I read somewhere before you came here, Rodney, that you were known to give a few religious messages to your opposition teammates. Is that true? <laughs> I, I did at one point. Um, you know, I don't. I wasn't ever one of those guys that wanted to push something on someone. You know, I just kind of stayed back, and people knew what I believed, and I wasn't ashamed of that. But I wasn't going to force it on anyone. I've never judged anyone ever. So. Yeah, yeah, no. In high school, I um, I left a couple messages in the opposing team's locker room that we hosted a tournament, and they got a hold of that. And they actually, one of the guys, it was pretty cool. One of the guys um, during the game actually thanked me for it. So, you know, I maybe made a difference in someone's life that day, and that's all that really matters. This is your first professional year of playing basketball here in Wollongong, and you've been a sensation for the Hawks, pretty much topping the team every week, and. Uh, just recently scoring 38 points in a, in a game. What's it like coming to a new competition where you make a, an impact like that and then suddenly everyone knows about you and you basically get hounded by the opposition as, as the competition progresses? Yeah, and that's, um, you know, like I said, I think the college game really prepared me for that. I wasn't, a, a lot of people didn't expect a lot of things out of me, whether it's because they doubted me because of my height or my speed or whatever it was or quickness, but, you know, I, 
played real well my freshman year, and it's, I think it started hitting my sophomore year. I was recognized as you know one of the best shooters in the country, and um, from then on, I was hounded for the rest of my college career. I mean, sophomore, junior, and even and last year probably was the worst at Butler. But um, it's tough, but you know it gets me prepared for you know like I said here. Um, you know when you're playing well and you got guys hounding you, it's it's obviously a compliment to your game and. And I just try to do the most I can for the team and contribute in the ways that I can. And, you know, it's not always about me scoring. It's about get, getting other guys involved as well. If people search for you in YouTube, they'll find a uh, pretty funny buzzer beater against uh, Marquette yeah. when you were playing for Butler. That one spins out, two-point game. Clark at midcourt, three seconds left. Clark shovels it up there. Oh, he hit it! He hit the shot! Oh! He hit it! Are you kidding me? Butler wins it! Are you kidding me? What's life like as a as a basketballer in the college scene when it's when people are absolutely fanatic about it? It can be um, it can be dangerous or it can be you know really exciting for you. I mean, it just depends on how you take it. There's a lot of guys that can't handle you know their name being out there, and you see a lot of guys in the college game today that are getting in trouble for whatever they're getting in trouble for. They're, they just and it's just about them not being able to handle the fame that they're getting. And um, you know, there's so many fans in college basketball and across the country back in the states that it's you know it's hard I mean I don't blame a lot of guys for that but you know I just I just took it as a you know a blessing and I I just use it as being a positive role model because um I knew a lot of kids you know throughout when I was college I had a lot of fans that were younger kids and I really enjoyed being able to you know set an example and, and be a good good leader. We're talking with Rodney Clark from the Wollongong Hawks. We're at Smith Hill High School where he's just finished an hour-long shooting session, which is on top of the training you've already done today with the Hawks. Rodney, you're here pretty much every day. Let's talk about your workload, which Gordy McLeod has said is, is just um, far and away much more than what anyone else in the team does. He said you put up about 500 extra shots a day. Why work so hard? It's, I think it's just, um, you know, now it's like a mental state for me. Um, it's I'm almost like a lot of people would call me crazy just because, you know, on days that maybe I would take a day off, I just feel it in my mind that it just messes with me. I mean, it's just if I'm not getting shots up, extra shots, it makes me feel like I'm not prepared for the next game. Like if I, the reason I do it is just for a mental standpoint, and it's all about confidence. And if I know that I've put in the hours and the shots that I put up, that I know that even if I go through a slump, that I'm going to be able to continue shooting, and the work, the hard work, is going to pay off eventually. I'm going to be able to shoot my way out of it, you know, like I did this year. And you know, it's just all about confidence for me. If I know that I've put the work in, I know that it's going to eventually pay off. I think that what a lot of younger kids make the mistake of today is that they think they can just go in and, you know, shoot a couple, a couple shots, a little fadeaways, three pointers, half court shots, and they think that they've done a workout. To me, that's a that's not the complete opposite of the definition for me. For me, it's it's going in, and the reason I'm able to hit shots, and the reason I hit, you know, shots under duress, and people guard me is because I put that amount in, and I, I practice those game like shots every day. So, I just feel if I wasn't doing that and I wasn't putting up the extra work, then eventually um, that would make me eventually fail just to, by shooting the ball. So. It's been uh, an exciting year for you in Wollongong, and, and I know you've said that you'd be open to the idea of staying for another year. What are you thinking on that front? You could probably get used to this for another year, couldn't you? Yeah, definitely. Um, the weather is obviously awesome. I mean, back home, we definitely wouldn't be sitting on a bench outside. It's way too cold for that right now. But, uh, you know, the summer's awesome. The, the weather's unbelievable. Being able to walk out and see the beach every day never gets old. I think a lot of people here take it for granted sometimes. And back home, you know, I have to drive seven hours just to even see the ocean. So that's a, that's a, that's pretty cool for me here. 
you know, I'm definitely open to it. It was just, uh, this had to be a situation to after the year, I just sat down and I'd have to talk with my agent about it and talk with my family. And, and especially now I have a fiance and we'll be getting married in June. So it's, uh, it's going to be about her as well. And she, uh, you know, she came up and loved it. So you never know. I think the people of Wollongong are a bit worried looking at more cashed up NBL clubs than the Hawks are, thinking that they might come, they might see what you've done here at the Hawks and, and go offering you a ton of money. I, I guess that that's a bit of a predicament to find yourself in. Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, there's there's a lot of guys that get caught up in the business side of it. And, um, you know, that's why they made the decision to come here, though. You know, I could have taken probably more money and went overseas, but it's about me being comfortable. And, you know, like I said, it's not only me next year. I want my soon-to-be wife to be able to feel comfortable and be in a good situation for her. So, you know, I'd be willing to take a little, a, you know, a little less money to feel in a good situation. It, it would just depend on the situation, I think. That's